My name is A.B. Ridgway. I'm the host of Financial Advisors Say the Darndest Things on My Mom's Favorite Christian Financial Advisor. And today, brothers and sisters, I want to discuss money affirmations and the law of attraction. Now, what comes to mind when I say the secret? Um, think and grow rich and awaken the giant within. If you said self-help or the law of attraction, you would be correct. I recently did a podcast on how to properly do affirmations, and I showed you step by step through the book of James, which is one of my favorite books. I think it's the most practical book in the Bible when it comes to behavior and how to really be a strong Christian. But what role does money affirmations have when it comes to investing? How can we use prayer instead of affirmations in order to bring our money goals into fruition? Because as Christian investors, we're not dependent on the secular world. We're not going to the library to figure out how to better serve God. We're not going to the library to figure out how to better serve humanity. We get all that information from the Bible. And that's the purpose of this podcast as well. To let people who are listening, who are Christians and non-Christians, to know that the Bible has everything that we need to bring our dreams into a reality. So what is an affirmation? Now, by definition, it's an action or process of affirming something or being affirmed. Pretty simple, right? <laughs> but in its most simple terms, it really just means to have confidence that something's going to happen. You know, I can affirm that I'm recording this podcast. I can affirm that I'm a Christian, right? Now, let's explore how money affirmations and prayer actually compare. So the three steps to money affirmations are pretty simple or the law of attraction are one, you ask for what you want. So you go into a quiet place and you pull out a notepad and a pencil and you start jotting down the things that you want Two, believe your thoughts have power. And this is what a majority of the movies and the books are all about. They show all these videos about Aladdin and the magic dragon and the universe is at your feet and how powerful your thoughts are and all this other stuff, which is great. I mean, I'm not saying that our thoughts are not powerful. I'm not saying that God hasn't blessed us with the ability to think and to rationalize. I'm not saying that at all. And I'm not trying to downplay it. But what I am trying to say is your thoughts may have a power which generates action but your thoughts are just thoughts if you don't put them into action they won't have any power i can sit here and i can think about how great i can be as a world champion basketball player but if i never shoot a basketball it will never come into fruition that's not very powerful but i can not think about being a world champion play basketball for years and it still may come true that makes sense so the odds of something getting accomplished have a higher probability when you're doing something compared to when you're just thinking about something. But I digress for the moment, but let's continue. Three, receive what you ask for. So they say, if you ask for it or write it down, you believe really hard, you're going to get what you ask for. And it sounds very simple. And that's what they sell you. So why do they sell you that? Because there's no work involved. Anyone can do it. Anyone at any income level, anyone with any type of experience or education Anyone can sit there and just think pretty easy and there's no setbacks. So if something doesn't happen, you just didn't think hard enough. Maybe you need to go back to your room and write more things down. Right. And then also, I think the reason they don't work is because 
there is a belief that the world is yours. That for some reason, just because you have the intention of something happening, that there is not someone else that may have a similar intention as you. We talk about this all the time as far as social media has opened up how ununique some of us can be. And what I mean ununique is that when you have an input or several inputs, you're going to only have so many outputs. And we understand that. Have you ever been watching a YouTube video? You think about something creative or funny to say in the comments. And as soon as you scroll down there, someone's already there with a thousand likes. Right. So so let's compare this to prayer. And I'm going to actually do it scripture by scripture instead of just by talking about it. Right. So the first one was ask for what you want Two, believe your thoughts have power. Three, receive what you ask for. Now, let's see what the Bible says. So the Bible says in Mark chapter 11, verse 24, therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it. That sounds like the secret formula to me, doesn't it? Ask for what you want. Believe that you received it and it will be yours. See how I told you they're selling you the same thing that's in the Bible. This one scripture encompasses everything I just explained. Now, let's keep going. First Thessalonians says, pray without ceasing. In these steps, when you talk about money affirmations, something that you do daily in the morning, say it three times at night or before you go to bed here in first Thessalonians chapter five, verse 17, we hear pray without ceasing. It's this continuous idea that you need to focus on what you're trying to achieve. Luke chapter 11, verse nine. And I tell you, ask, and it will be given unto you. Seek and you will find knock and it will be open to you. Here we're talking about having the intentions and setting goals. So if you ask, it's going to be given. If you seek, you will find. Knock and it will be open to you. But only if you take those actions. But once again, even in these scriptures, there's still no work involved. This is the same process. Just thinking about it, meditating over it, praying over it, right? But what does the book of James say, which I really love? James puts it all together. And it says in James chapter two, verse 14 through 20, what does it profit, my brothers? If someone says he has faith, but does not have the works, can faith save him? If a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you says to them, depart in peace, be warmed and filled, but you do not give them the things that they are needed for their body. What does it profit? Thus also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. How beautiful is that? Yes, you can have an encouraging word, an encouraging thought. You know, depart in peace, be warm and filled. Sounds good, doesn't it? But if you don't give them the things which are needed for the body, what does it profit them? Those are empty words. Now, it's great that you may have faith that they'll be clothed. But there's no action. There's there's nothing to profit that person. So the same thing he's relating to faith. If you're not working, your faith is dead. And it goes on to say, but someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without your works and I'll show you my faith by my works. You understand that? I will show you my faith by my works. If you truly have faith that God is going to provide, you need to do the work. Your work is going to show you if you have faith. 
If you say, I am going to make a million dollars, right? You creating a financial plan, you investing, you saving, you talking to a professional, those are your works. That is where you're going to see the profit, not sitting in your room, writing down your goals. Now that's great, but the work part is writing and you still have more to do, which is to give it to someone to execute that plan. You know, plans are great on paper, but if you never execute them, nothing works. I think the joke is if information was all we needed to be successful, everyone would be a billionaire and have a six pack, <laughs> but, but it's not the case, right? So it goes on to say, you believe that there is one God. You do well. Even the demons believe and tremble. But do you want to know, oh, foolish man, that faith without works is dead? This is the cornerstone of putting all this information together. It says in the Bible that a man cannot serve two masters. He will love one and despise the other. The same thing with goals. When we have multiple goals that are pulling us in opposite direction or multiple directions, it's very hard to get anything accomplished. Now, let's move on to the six steps to manifesting money through the Bible. One, take some time to figure out your goals and what you want. Two, determine the financial distance between where you are and where you want to be. Three, create a list of tasks and a date to complete those tasks. Four, create a financial plan. Five, pray over your plan and pray without ceasing, trusting that God will provide. And six, continue to revise the plan as you take action because other opportunities will present themselves. See, you don't need these financial gurus. All the secrets are in the Bible. They just changed the name from prayer to the law of attraction to sell it to you. If you follow the power of prayer, you don't fall victim to breaking the first commandment, which is, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. And that includes us. Thinking that we can accomplish things on our own is breaking the first commandment. We should always put God First, if we think we can control the world and the world should bow down at our feet, we're acting as if we are God. But when we trust in God and we give our task and our prayers to him and allow him to bless us, then we're on the right track. So the key takeaway today is that we should skip the money affirmations and get back to prayer. Write down your financial goals. Pray to God that he provides the wisdom necessary to execute your plan. Take action and have faith that God will deliver. Also remember, if you aren't getting what you prayed for, God either feels you aren't ready at this moment or he has something better for you, something better than what you prayed for. So when investing, as a Christian investor, you should always use prayer, and not over the market, which we can't control, but over your own actions. Praying to stay faithful and keeping those thoughts on top of mind. That is what affirmations and prayers have in common. There's a saying I always remember, light spread out can brighten up a room, but light concentrated through a point in a prism can cut through steel. Prayer is where you're concentrating that light, concentrating those ideas and concentrating your dreams into one point so you can cut through any noise or distraction and obtain your goal. Our actions drive results. So brothers and sisters, today I want you to write out your financial plan. I want you to pray over it. Keep it on top of mind 
as you execute the plan God has put on your heart. If you need help creating your Christian financial plan, as you prepare to retire, or as you enjoy your recent retirement, visit us at www.abrwealthmanagement.com and schedule a consultation. We would love to help you manifest your dreams, God willing. As a certified private wealth advisor professional with over a decade of experience helping Christians create financial plans, I truly believe that our faith and our finances don't have to be separate. Well, I am A.B. Ridgeway, and I'll see you on the other side of your blessing. I hope that you've been blessed. As always, this episode was created by A.B. Ridgeway, owner of A.B. Ridgeway Wealth Management, a virtual and in-person fee-only advisor that believes that financial advice should have God in it. If you need help figuring out your finances, feel free to reach out to us at 337-414-3686 or visit our website at www.abrwealthmanagement.com and schedule a free consultation. New episodes are available every Friday, so be sure to subscribe. You can also listen to our podcast on your favorite platforms, Amazon Music, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and more. Or simply visit our website and join our family. I am A.B. Ridgeway, and I'll see you on the other side of your blessing. Elijah Ridgeway is an investment advisor representative and owner of A.B. Ridgeway Wealth Management, LLC, a registered investment advisor which produces a podcast show and makes it available on its website and through other distribution channels. Elijah Ridgeway and any guests on the podcast are providing their own views and opinion are not necessarily the views and opinions of A.B. Ridgeway Wealth Management. Nothing on the podcast should be construed as solicitation or offer or recommendation to buy or sell any specific security. Investment advisory services are only provided to investors who become A.B. Ridgeway Wealth Management clients pursuant to a written investment management agreement. Clients of A.B. Ridgeway Wealth Management may hold positions and securities discussed in the podcast. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All investments involve risk and may lose money. Financial advisors say the Darnest Thing podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied on for any investment decisions. Instead, please consult a financial advisor, accountant, attorney, and or conduct your own due diligence.